Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Here we go in the overflow. Jim Stern, great to be here with you as always as we are wrapping up. This is the 10th of 10 sessions in this mini-series on the Lord's Prayer. Man, I hope that you have found this to be uh, helpful in your own prayer life as we are working through my book. We're using my book, Brilliant, Unleashing Life Through the Lord's Prayer as a spine of our conversation. I hope this has been helpful. Again, my, my uh, ministry uh, my heartbeat is to help you understand the how. Uh, we're going to fill in the how. We're going to fix the how. In particular, how do I pray? I want you to have confidence and clarity in your prayer life. I want you to pray with power, with anointing. I want you to get done with praying and for people to say, wow, man, you got some extra juju in your prayer life. Where did that come from? Electricity, where did you come from? And we don't pray to get that from people, uh, but we should be praying with power and we should be praying with anointing. And we say, how do we do that? It's the Lord's Prayer. That's got to be the place that we start. It's got to be the foundation of our prayer life. And I hope that our conversation as we work through the 10 sessions of the Lord's Prayer has been productive for you in the kingdom of God. Uh, I want to I end our sessions together on the Lord's Prayer in two ways. First of all, I want to do a catch-all. We're going to walk back through the Lord's Prayer one, uh, one area at a time, cover all of these different areas, these nine different areas. And then secondly, we're going to go just a real quick uh, walk through of spiritual warfare as it pertains to the Lord's Prayer. Spiritual warfare as it pertains to the Lord's Prayer because we, we got to deal with that. Uh, so much of the way we get derailed is demonic. Uh, and I don't want you to be able to see it. So in the first place, let's go back and, and talk talk briefly through, just summarize each one of these areas of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we looked at the importance of prayer in, the, in our opening session. What is our attitude toward prayer in general? Our attitude toward prayer in general is uh, happens in the overflow, really, of what we see about the life of Jesus. Do we believe that Jesus has the fullest, greatest, richest life? Do we believe that Jesus lived the fullest, greatest, richest life of anybody on planet Earth ever? Do we believe that he was the most productive? Do we believe that he was the most had the most meaningful? Do we believe that his quality of life, his interior quality of life, was the most joyful? That he had the quiet waters and the green pastures? Uh, that he lived an interior life that that anybody would desire. If we believe that and we look at him and say, okay, how did he do that? What was true about his life? What did he believe? And what he gives us in the Lord's Prayer are these eight areas of life that he stayed fresh in that kept him in that place. You can't say, you got to be careful about saying that, well, he had this life just because he was the son of God and and that was it. No, 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 no. Jesus believed and operated and practiced some very real and pragmatic things that that propelled him, that gave him that kind of internal electricity. And so we saw in the beginning, what is our attitude toward prayer? We, hopefully we provided some, some powerful ammunition against any kind of nonchalance in our prayer life. And then Jesus launched into the prayer and he began with this topic of intimacy, our Father, who art in heaven. And we walk through that. What does it look like to be in an intimate relationship, not with a God blob, 
but with God as our Father, who the one who is in heaven, the awe and the wonder that prayer is supposed to be a love conversation between a father and his son, between a father and his daughter, initiated by God our Father. He's the one who's calling you. He's wooing you and drawing you into a conversation with him. And the great joy and the wonder that you and I have been adopted in, you've been adopted into the family of God our Father, counted as one of his sons, counted as one of his daughters. And then we move from there to this really sneaky part of the Lord's Prayer, and it's the need for community, where all of the pronouns in the Lord's Prayer are second person plural. Jesus teaches us to pray, Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, lead us not into temptation, where the Lord's Prayer is really to be a communal prayer, where the Lord's Prayer is warring against, remember we talked about this, superficial relationships, worldly relationships, uh, where the, the Lord's Prayer is seeking to open us up to raw, vulnerable, real, transparent, and deep relationships huddled together around the Lord's Prayer. I want to be in relationship. I want to be a person myself first who's living a Lord's Prayer kind of life. And then I want to be in community with other people who are equally living a Lord's Prayer or seeking to live a Lord's Prayer kind of life. And so we move from intimacy to, to community. The next topic that Jesus wrestles with in the Lord's Prayer is motivation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Lord's Prayer takes an ax. Jesus takes an ax every single day to our pride, to our want and, and craving for attention. Remember, we talked about living in a social media world where this access to fame has become widespread, where everyone's competing for a love and affection and attention where we in the Lord's Prayer, our, our need for love has been satisfied through intimacy with our Father in community with brothers and sisters in Christ so that now our motivation is we want to see our Father's name glorified. We looked at, uh, we looked at Gideon and God paring down the army, Gideon's army from 30,000 down to 300. So the only way that Israel was going to win victory in this particular battle in their lives from Judges 7 was a, a way in which God our Father could be seen that God doesn't work in the generic or the ordinary. God works in the extraordinary and the unique so that he gets the glory. And we pray that every single day because it's so we're so prone to want to receive acknowledgement and attention for the things that we're doing. And Jesus says, no, we're going to pray. Hallowed be, hallowed be the name of God, our Father. And so he teaches us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then he moves into our mission. What's the mission that we have in our lives? Let your kingdom come. And we worked real hard on clarifying what does it look like to live in the kingdom of God, the big picture story, the big picture narrative of the kingdom of God, that when we, are, we understand this, that the kingdom of God gives us perspective on our lives. It also gives us juice because we have been grafted in. We've not only been made sons of God, our father, daughters of God, our father, but we've also been grafted in and brought into the army of God, our father. We've also been grafted into his army that we have this incredibly eternally minded purpose in life, eternally minded purpose in life where our life is a life of meaning because we are seeking to advance the kingdom of the living God on earth as it is in heaven. We're blown away that people like us get to be used by the God of all creation. And then we move from there. Jesus teaches us to pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And so we move from the big picture story of let your kingdom come to the very micro, pragmatic, day in and day out. How are we going to now advance the kingdom of God? Well, we're going to advance the kingdom of God by the will of God. God, our Father has a will for our lives. He has a will for your life. He has a will for my life. And we're going to seek to live that out. Remember, we have to contend with whether or not, do I believe that God, my Father, has a will on earth as it is in heaven? Do we believe that God's will is operative in life today? And then do we believe that God's will is good, is pleasing, and is perfect? Do we believe that God's will for my life is better for me than my will for myself? Jesus teaches us to contend with that every single day. He teaches us to pray about our motivation. He teaches us to pray about our mission. He teaches us to pray about his strategy for our lives. Let his will be done. And then next, and this is what I said, this is the hardest part, but man, every single one of these provides its own unique challenges. Then we are to pray, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread. Now we're praying for provision to trust in God's faithful provision in our lives. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. He will not fear in a season of drought. He will not be anxious uh, when he has no provision. Jeremiah 7 or Jeremiah 17 is Jeremiah 17. Check me on that. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. That we have to learn how to trust that God our Father, the bread of God, God can provide bread for us. The difference between bread making and bread receiving Wherever the will of God is, that's where the bread of God will be. Wherever the will of God is, that's where the bread of God will be. We have to learn how to trust. We're praying every single day for bread provision in our lives. Then Jesus teaches us to pray about our failures because Jesus knows the heart of man. He knows the heart of woman about how easy it is for us to fail. And he teaches us to pray, Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He expects that we're going to sin against other people. He expects that people are going to sin against us. He expects that we're going to sin against God, our Father. And he teaches us to deal with these failures every single day of our lives. Remember, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, when the Lord's Prayer is over, what does what's the next topic that he gets into? Forgiveness of sins. It's as if Jesus says, hey, I, I want to make sure of everything that I taught you in the Lord's Prayer and everything, I want to make sure you get forgiveness of sins right. And so there it is. He returns back to it. Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15 after the Lord's Prayer to forgiveness of sins. And then lastly, he ends his prayer by exposing our frailty. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He, he exposes our weaknesses. And really, again, the challenge in this portion of the prayer is that we rightly define what evil is, that we're taking that Mark chapter 7, diagnostic of evil. Uh, we're looking at Romans chapter 7 and Paul's definition of evil that drives us then to Romans chapter 8. If this is truly what evil is, then what hope do I have in my life of not being led into temptation? The only hope that you have in your life is dependency on the person and power of the Holy Spirit. That last line of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, is the nail in the coffin of your ability to live by faith. You don't have the ability to live by faith. The admonitions, the life of the Lord's Prayer should drive us into dependency to say, man, I cannot do this apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is there's this love sequencing, and it's a cascading sequencing where we got to get the first part right, our Father who art in heaven. And everything in the Lord's Prayer is this love letter, this, this waterfall of love where we are praying this to God our Father in the name of Jesus. 
every single day, not necessarily using these words, but working through these topics. Sometimes we're going to get caught up on one topic over the next. Sometimes we're never even going to get on to the other topics because we're so bound up in the particular topic of the Lord's Prayer that is just confounding us or causing us pain in that time or even that we want to celebrate. And so be open to move in the power of the Holy Spirit in and through and around the Lord's Prayer as you come before God our Father every single day and have dialogue with him as his beloved son, as his beloved daughter. Now, I want to close our Lord's Prayer time with just a brief comment about spiritual warfare as it pertains to the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Satan hates the Our Father. Uh, When Satan fell, when Lucifer fell, he lost intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was kicked out of the family. Think about it in that way. Satan was kicked out of the family. The last thing he wants is new family members uh, being grafted in or adopted into the family that he got kicked out of. And then the last thing that he wants is those family members who are now in that family to be celebrating the father of that family. The last thing he wants are new family members living in the joy of that family, living in the power of that family, living in the dynamic of that family, living in the electricity of that family. That's the last thing Satan wants. So in every single one of these areas of the Lord's Prayer, understand that Satan and his army of fallen angels, the personification of evil, are working in very deceptive ways, very quiet and subtle ways to rot the soul of your faith, to rot the joy of your faith. The enemy works to rot the joy of your faith. He does it by accusation. You're not good enough for these things. He does it by saying that these things are true for others, but not for you. He gets it. He does it by doubt. This is the time that God, our father is not going to follow through. He does it by pride. You don't need God, our father. You can do this all on your own. Somebody like you should be stronger. He does it by pounding you. You always mess up. You're never good enough. This is one more thing you're going to fail in. He does it by deceiving you and luring you away from the simplicity of these things. Just know that the enemy is at work to whisper on a whisper campaign of terror against your soul to keep you away from the joy and the wonder of what God our Father has done in you by the power of the Holy Spirit through the shed blood of his son Jesus Christ who has adopted you into his family to live this Lord's Prayer kind of life so that you too can experience and live the fuller, greater, richer life of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is very real and available for you. It just doesn't happen Uh, It happens as we engage in these areas of our faith in the same way that Jesus did in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it is possible for someone like you. The fuller, greater, richer life is possible for someone like you, possible for someone like me. You don't have to take the accusations. You don't have to take the pounding. You don't have to take the luring. You certainly don't have to take the rotting of your joy. Just renounce it in the name of Jesus. Declare the power of the Holy Spirit that is yours Uh, Allow the Holy Spirit to expose the pockets that you have been lied to and deceived in. Bring those before God, our Father. Ask him for forgiveness. Receive forgiveness. Be reinstated to your rightful position as a son of of the living God, as a daughter of the living God, and live in the fullness that he has for you today going forward. I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, Any areas that you have questions or would like further investigation, please don't hesitate to email me. Reach out, jim at trexo.org jim at trexo.org. Again, I hope this has been beneficial in the kingdom of God as you and I seek to grow in confidence and clarity in our prayer life, to be anointed in our prayer life, to live in the overflow of all that God our Father has for you and has for me, the infinite overflow of the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as we seek to become 
warriors in prayer to advance the kingdom of God our Father on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you so much for our time. I hope that you will enjoy all the other content that we have available for you on the Trexo website, the Overflow podcast, and all of our social media outlets. Thank you for your time. Uh, Thank you for being with us in this brilliant series, and we look forward to being with you again as we journey together in the overflow of God's love. Thank you for joining us in the overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.